Hello. Hello. Uh, it's a true neutral retrospective. Is um, that what this no, is? No, I what think is this, this one. I'm going to label it under kind of more the discusses. Okay. Um, honestly, You've I done a report and you called it a discuss. Yes. We should discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because um, it's going to be. I mean, this is, it is a kind of a long report, but it's just because I want to give you all the facts and throughout the thing, I want to get your opinion. You know, and we're right. going to discuss because what, it's what, what a bit of a conspiracy subject? today. And honestly, Christians I, around the world got it. I almost no, I almost put it under um, biography. Well, that's where the conspiracies go. I, I almost put it under biography. The conspiracies but, go in the cryptid section. But, but, <laughs> but, but. Today we're going to talk about. Did we say our names? I don't know. I'm Derek. I'm Keenan. Today we're going to talk about <laughs> the assassination of Martin Luther King. Ooh! Oh, this this is going in cryptids whether you like it or not. <laughs> it's going in the conspiracies around the world bit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the reason I always put it under biographies because I don't know how much you or anyone listening would know in general about kind of the life also of, of, Martin, Unabomber? of Martin Luther King Jr. Okay. And, um, you know, who he was and whatnot. Cause we live in America. We learned a, some of it, like, in school. We learned a very sanitized version of him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was going to go over a, a little bit of his life to begin with. And oh, then we'll man. get into the actual assassination and everything that goes along with that. Cool. I have a lot less information about his life in general. I just did a very brief overview of everything I thought was, like, key important things. Okay. Um... And then uh, I wanted to point out, sorry, before we get too far past it, that we also got fed a sanitized version of the U.S.'s reaction to him, which uh, was the bigger part. That yeah, was lies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so um, schools with, just lie. With that being said, this is might be a very long report. I don't know. I wrote a lot, so you know, we'll see how this goes. Woo! <laughs> um, Conspiracies around the world. So, Martin Luther King Jr. was born January 15th, 1929, with parents Martin Luther King Sr. and Alberta Williams King. Um, his name, orig- his birth name is actually Michael King Jr., and his father oh. um, was uh, Michael as well. Okay. Um, but he had their that. names changed uh, later on. Weird. Um, he had an older sister. Wait, so he changed the like the father changed his own name and then changed his son name to reflect the juniorness. I just want to clarify. Well, got... he was already the same name. Junior. Right, right, right. He was like he changed both of their names to reflect the juniorness. Yes, he was like, son, I want my name changed, so your entire name is also changing. Yeah. Okay. I just want. I just that's. Weird. Um, he had uh, <laughs> an older sister, Christine King Ferris. Okay. And a younger brother, Alfred Daniel King. Um, his name was changed to Martin Luther King in 1934 um, because I believe his father changed to uh, the Lutheran faith. And um, so they uh, changed their. He changed his name to like reflect the, the religion he was following. Okay. And therefore changed his son's name as well. All right. Because um, they had a very religious family. His father was actually a minister in, right. the, in the church. I knew that part. Um, and that so, I knew. 
Also, King Senior was very. I don't. I guess not by their standards, but to our standards, he would be very harsh with his discipline. Right. And so he would whip. Um, what did I write here? He would whip his children for discipline. Sometimes, and even sometimes, he would make them whip each other as wow. discipline as well. That's mean. Um, but and I have a quote here from uh, Martin Luther King Sr. He says, uh, "Junior was the most peculiar child. Whenever you whipped him, he'd stand there, and the tears would run down, but he'd never cry." Stoic. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be stoic as a child. That's unfortunate. Um, it's an unfortunate place <clears throat> that he had to be that way. Uh, however, being in church his whole life and seeing his father be a minister, and um, he, he throughout his life because his father was a black minister. Um, they, he just saw his dad, like, time and time again stand up against, like, segregation. Oh, yeah. And, and the discrimination and things that were happening. <clears throat> and so he developed very strong opinions about that as a very young child. As you would. Um, and he also developed a, a very much a like for public speaking when he was in school. He liked to, he liked to go up and, like, do the speeches and things like that. That's, uh, that's apt. Um... And then in, so he was born in 1929, so in 1944, which means he would be, what, 15 years old? Yes. Um, he ended up traveling yes. up uh, to the north, um, which he called the integrated north, because, you know, yeah. growing up in the south, like, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a difference. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then in uh, 47, at age 18, he enrolled in the Baptist ministry as well as the Crozier Theological Seminary and the University of Pennsylvania. Wow. Um, and then he graduated, um, he ended up graduating with what they call a Bachelor of, in, of Divinity. <laughs> that's, that's so silly to me that you can go to school for God stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm sure it was still hard schooling and he still had to do a lot of work. Like, I, I'm, I'm not discounting the work. It's just silly to me that you can go to school for God yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, no. He, yeah, he, he got a Bachelor of Divinity. I can um, get a Bachelor of Arts, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you, you can get a doctorate in philosophy, you yeah. know? <laughs> 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 These are all... Very, very weird things to go to school for, if you ask me. Um, Have you ever seen a philosophy problem, like, written out? It's, no. It's stupid. It looks like dumb math. (laughs) Like, you you are literally proving that the proof exists as you are doing the proof itself. (laughs) Because that is how philosophy it just breaks it down but it breaks it down to like a stupid mathematical level and i just want to be like yeah but why would a god make a cloud (laughs) (laughs) just stupid shit let me philosophize i i I can no one's stopping me from doing that yeah 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 you don't need a degree for that no you you don't that's that's kind of or writing like yeah. yeah yeah It's easier to get a um, job with accreditations, though. I suppose, but, you know, whatever. Um, so, he actually applied to both um, the schools in Edinburgh and in Boston uh, okay. to to go for his doctorate. Right. Um, but he, and even though he got accepted to both, he ultimately chose to go to Boston to get his degree. And uh, he... Um, 
met while well, he was over in Boston. He met his uh, who would end up being his wife, Coretta Scott. Oh yeah, um, I know her <laughs> from the history books. Yeah, um, and they got married in uh, on June eighteenth in nineteen fifty three, um, and then he received his doctorate in the School of Divinity at uh, in uh, nineteen fifty five when he was just twenty six years old. I'm a doctor of God. Yeah, at the age of twenty six, he had that's, his doctorate. That's which really impressive. I think that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's I really mean, regardless of whatever work, degree yeah. you're yeah. getting, it doesn't really matter because a doctorate is hard to get. Yeah, like I clarified earlier, like it's it's still a lot of hard work, and we mentioned mm. like philosophy and art, like those are still like it's still hard work, and it's still a lot of stuff you have to go through to get your degree. Yeah. Like, Not, I, none of, neither of us are doctors, no, and no. we never will be. No, <laughs> like I just don't have the drive mm. to do that at mm, all. Maybe if. Uh. Yeah. Well, I don't. I may, I, maybe I spoke too soon on Keenan's behalf. I, I might be a doctor one day. I it, will it, not. It will be of something dumb, like art, but like, yeah. I'll be like, why would I need to go to school for that? I have an opinion. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be able to break that down. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but however, it's thought now that he may have plagiarized some of his doctorate dissertation. Dun, dun, dun. Um... They, nothing was ever proven or even really tried against him because okay. he was such like a big public figure, like for the good. Right. That everyone was just like, if a couple of things were plagiarized and whatever, Meh. yeah, you know. <laughs> we heard a collective, Meh. <laughs> and everyone um, was like, all right. He uh, ended up having four children: Yolanda King. Martin Luther King the third, Dexter right. Scott King, Bernice King. Dexter Scott. Yeah. Oh man. Why that's the only time I've ever heard Scott and not thought, wow, that's lame or um <laughs> you know, uh the um the X Man, Cyclops. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who also is generally kinda lame a lot of the time. Just <laughs> as a person, not like his power set. Um, he wasn't really particularly famous until he played, like, a large role in the Montgomery, uh, bus boycott. Oh, yeah. Where a bunch of, uh, the bus workers, um, just, yeah, stopped working in order, I think, to get better wages, probably. Yeah, That's what it, a was, lot of these it was, it was, it was a strike, more um, of... And King would often show up to, like, these, these, uh, strikes and these boycotts and things and give public speeches and just, like, you know... You're kicking ass, keep doing it. Yeah, help rally yeah. the people and keep the morale and things like that. Um, and, and that's what led to a lot of his fame was specifically that, the Montgomery, uh, bus boycott. Bus boy caught. <laughs> Getting the bus boy caught. Um, and then before um, his actual assassination on September 20th of 1958, he survived a knife attack. Um, <laughs> what? In Iz- uh, from a woman named Isola Curry. Um, she was a, a mentally ill black woman oh. who uh, thought that he was conspiring against her with communists. Um, oh. and she came up while he was signing copies of one of the books he had, uh, written, uh-huh. and, um, stabbed him in the chest with a letter opener. 
Jesus. Um, and what did you say your name was? Um, Isola Curry. That's a spicy dish. <laughs> and she, uh, and and when she Sorry. when she stabbed him, she uh, came. She almost hit his aorta, which is oh, one damn. of his arteries. Yeah, yeah. You don't want that struck. <coughs> I'd rather not have that even like smacked on, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then uh, Edgar Hoover, the director of the FBI, made him uh, who the the an object of Cointel Pro in 1963. Classic. Yeah, yeah. And we're not going to go into what Cointel Pro is particularly because that's not the point of what what happens here today. <laughs> But needless it's to say, that's a whole thing on its own. Vaguely related in and of itself. Yeah, it it is vaguely related, but it, that the Quintel Pros an episode in and of itself. Like yeah, that's 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 a thing. It's a thing I don't fully understand. <sighs> Me either. It would be interesting to to research it and try to understand it more because that shit seems ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So the FBI investigated King for possible communist ties, and um. Since that time, they've pretty much, from there on out, they are, like, spying on him. They are bugging his rooms. They're constantly taking pictures of him, following him around. Like, the FBI is constantly tailing uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Is it is it because he's radical? Um, yeah, in their eyes, yes. In their eyes, he's a, a communist, and he needs to be stopped. Like, he's spreading... He, they think he has communist ties because you got to think this is okay, like the late fifties, early sixties. This is like the peak of like we're afraid, like like the Russia Red Scare kind right. of thing going on. Right? Was it Red Scare or Black Scare though? Really? I don't remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. But really, Re- yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> um. So, in 1964, the FBI sent King a, quote-unquote, threatening anonymous letter. Um, oh, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. which, um, he, it, it's, I, I've heard parts of the letter, like, a uh, bit read out loud. It really sounds like they're telling him to kill himself. <laughs> like, That's they're, they're, funny. they're just straight up telling him that he needs to go off himself. That's or bad things so will happen up. to the people he loves, pretty much. Like, you just publish that, right? That's what you should do. You just be like, hey, mm-hmm. I received this letter. And those <laughs> trying to intimidate me can eat my shit and ass. Um, interestingly enough, also in 1964, he won the Nobel Peace Prize for combating racial inequality through nonviolent resistance. Hell yeah. That's a cool thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's where the biography section of this ends. Ah... Now we're going to talk about the day he died. So on April 4th in 1968, King is in Memphis, Tennessee to aid in a strike from black uh, sanitary public workers. Um, They were on strike because a couple of people had um, died and their families weren't being compensated properly. Well, that's no good. Um... Good reason to strike. Also, I guess there was another bit where, like, um, there was a day where, like, none of them could work, and so they got sent home early, 
and the black people only got paid for two hours worth of the day, whereas all the white workers got paid for a full day's work, even though they got sent home. That's fucked up. Um, yeah, so there there was a couple of things, like... Yeah. And, uh... Reasons to strike. Yeah. Um, and, uh, the previous day, on April the 3rd, he had just given the very famous I stood on the mountaintop speech. Right. Um, mm. in support of that exact, uh, strike that was happening. Um... And he checked into room 306 of the Lorraine Motel, um, which um, he and his uh, little group of people actually stayed there so often that the room was just had gotten the nickname the King Abernathy Suite because King and um, his friend Abernathy were always, like, that's the room they always stayed in. They always stayed at the Lorraine Motel. Like, that's fun. They were that's very nice. known there. Yeah. <clears throat> um... His last words were to musician Ben Branch, who he was talking to. He was he was up in his hotel room, which is on the second floor of the Lorraine Motel, okay. and he had stepped out onto the balcony outside. Right. And um, there was, like, three or four people out on the balcony with him. Uh, I think his lawyer was out there, and um, I, ben, was, ben Branch was there, and... There was I don't remember the one of the other people. There was a, there was a couple of people up there with him, and um, he turned to Ben Branch and he said, "Ben, make sure you play take uh, take my hand, precious Lord, at the meeting tonight. Play it real pretty, because um, he was supposed to go to a, another uh, thing and give another another speech right. like that okay. evening. And then he leaned over the railing on the second floor balcony of the motel." Uh, to speak with Jesse Jackson, um, who was standing down in the parking lot. Okay. And so he's like, he, he leans up and over the railing, and he's looking down into the parking lot to speak with Jesse Jackson. And then exactly 6.01 p.m., a shot came across the street and hit King in the lower right jaw, right? Okay. Immediately going, breaking his jaw, and severing how many arteries? Oh, just... I just have written. He's severing arteries, uh, or arteries in his neck and multiple vertebrae in his in his spine. Okay. Um, he was taken to the hospital and declared dead at seven oh five, about an hour and four minutes later. Right. Um, so the police determined <clears throat> we're going to go over the official story before we go over official story. We're going to go over the yeah yeah a lot of the official story here. The police determined that the shot came from the window of the boarding house across the street, right? So, next to the boarding house, the police, in front of a department store that was right next to the boarding house, the police found a sheet, like a white bed sheet, that contained some clothes and then, like, a bag that just had, like, some random stuff in it and um, a gun, which was a Remington 760 Game Master rifle, which is a pump action. It was a pump action 30 out six. Okay, I could um, I could do that from across the street. I'm pretty sure. Uh, inside the chamber of the rifle was an empty casing. So because it was like a pump action, the yeah. shot was fired, but it wasn't ejected out with the pump action. All right, so shot and left. Yep. So they found the prints of a man named James Earl Ray. All oh. over the rifle and the casing. Well, that's really dumb and suspicious. There's no way somebody would just, like, leave their prints all over something they knew they were going to leave behind. That's 
like fingerprinting is a well-known thing even in the 60s like there's no way so james earl ray was an escaped convict from jackson city missouri where he had broken out of prison after being sentenced to 20 years for robbing a grocery store i'm i'm really sorry is he black no james earl ray no 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 he's okay um interestingly enough the way he broke out of prison is kind of a side story but it's so ridiculous that okay i just uh, remember I mean, it yeah yeah so he was... Wait, can I ask, how long before this happened did he break out of prison? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Okay, that feels relevant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Also, his cellmate that was supposedly the one that convinced him that he should try to break out, even though he had also tried to break out many times before this... <laughs> um, after he broke out, apparently his cellmate was found um, hung in his cell with both his arms and legs broken oh it was declared a suicide where he'd hung himself and then broken both his arms and his legs that's not really relevant but it's it's what that's not (laughs) i'm sorry that's that's, not that's not how you suicide really (laughs) i don't i don't know particularly i'm not you know i don't know i'm not speaking from experience here but i just have a feeling (laughs) that if you were gonna hang yourself there'd be real no need to break your own arms and legs yeah yeah and actually it would be fairly difficult to break your own legs and then hang yourself in any way and your arms i could see breaking your arms and doing it like you you could easily get in the in the thing and then break your arms like either on the way down or like in Uh, the there, there's a couple ways you could break your arms. I get that, but like your legs, <laughs> both of your legs. <laughs> How are you getting that done? How are you getting all of that done? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Um, but the way he broke out of prison, which is also just ridiculous, is he, he killed was a cellmate and then <laughs> threatened a guard with his dying body. He was loading up storage crates. Into 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 the thing to go away from the prison. I guess it was doing like one of the prison jobs, you know, right. like loading up the storage crates. And one of the crates was empty, and so he just climbed in, <laughs> and and someone else came along and they just loaded up the crates, and that's how he got out. Okay, that's yeah. That all of everything you've told me actually about him feels suspicious because. No, no, people are registered to jobs at prisons, and so when somebody's job is just left unattended, that's something, that's that's usually call for, like, a sweep at minimum. Yeah. But no, nobody just leaves their job unattended at prison, that's not, that's not a thing you get to do. Yeah. That's, that's just not really part of the, no, you, you, you're getting checked out for that. So, he was also renting a room... In the boarding house that was across the street. Okay. Um, is he a noted racist? Well, people try to say he is, but okay. his by his own family's words, he's not particularly that racist. They're like, no, not really. <laughs> they're like, they're like, when he was a teenager, he had a black girlfriend. And okay, well, that's. I mean, that's not like you know, if you purging evidence like. Yeah, yeah, but like, that's pretty hard. Like, probably not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, probably not. Yeah. Um, unless she broke his heart, so and that's that's his reasoning. He was somehow able to elude police for two months after 
um, the assassination. Okay. Um, because as we'll talk about later, James Earl Ray is not the brightest man. Okay. Um, uh, he was able to elude police for two months, but he got caught in London trying to get on a plane to Rhodesia. Um, he ended up pleading guilty to the murder of Martin Luther King in order to avoid the death penalty. Okay. It was said that he killed him for a bounty that was put on Martin Luther King by racist Southerners, like the KKK. Okay. And put out a, a, a bounty on, on Martin Luther King. Right, okay. Um, however, three days later, James fired his attorney and then changed his story, and he said that his lawyer had told him that if he didn't plead guilty, then he would get the death penalty, like, for sure. Like, okay. And immediately be put to death. Or die quicker in prison. He oh. also, like, kind of implied that if James didn't plead guilty, then he would um, bring in and, and arrest his little brother Jerry uh, oh. as a co-conspirator, and that he wouldn't really try as hard as he could to defend him in court. That's, um, that's a bad lawyer. Bad attorney. That, that was his main attorney. He had two attorneys, kind of, but that was, like, his main attorney. Right. That was, like, pressuring him like that. Well, um, that's suspicious, too. Why um, would he say that? So, he claimed that he thought he was... He had something, like, to do with it, but he didn't know exactly what, and that he was a patsy for a larger conspiracy. That was uh, what he was, he was getting at. I'm a patsy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and well, so supposedly Ray had rented the room the night before the assassination, used the room, gotten up the next day, went to the second floor bathroom, and take with the rifle and right. taken the shot. Right. Okay. Got King. And then went back down with it into the hallway. Now, in the hallway, supposedly he was seen by a man named Charles Stevens, who ended up being the state's lead witness in, in the case. Okay. So, the problem with Charles Stevens, right off the bat, is that this man... Is named Chucky Steve? And has also been arrested about 150 times, maybe wow, more. Wow, that's not a reliable witness. Um, for various alcohol, mostly alcoholism related, alcohol related issues. Okay, yeah, like I look, I um, know, I know it is it is prejudice to like um, assume somebody who's been arrested even a couple of times is like just a lifelong criminal. But somebody who's been arrested that many times, you should not like pull to the stand as a reliable person for anything, <clears throat> if I'm being honest. That, that is too many times to be arrested. Yeah. Um, so he didn't also didn't come forward with the evidence until there was a bounty put out on, on Ray uh, in, in the it. news. And um, <clears throat> he said that after the shot, he saw a man running out of the hotel, basically. Right. And that he later ID him as Ray. However... Um, there's a news, uh, bit, a videotaped news bit that I saw where, uh, Stevens was shown a picture of James Earl Ray, and they shown, and they just hold up this Polaroid picture in front of him, and he goes, 
who's that? <laughs> and they're like, that's James Earl Ray. That's the shooter. He goes, that's it's not that's not the guy I know. He's <laughs> like, the his face is too full, and his nose is too wide, and he has too much hair. He's like, that's, that's not the guy I saw. <laughs> <laughs> Just... <laughs> That's great. Oh, uh, so yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. That's that's just not it. That's not the guy. Um, so Ray had before he ran down um stairs, he had grabbed ran back into his room and he'd taken um the the little bundle that they found that has it's got the gun, the the clothes and the bag of things, right? And he wrapped it all in a sheet, put it over his shoulder and he went outside, right? And he went out and around the back, or, yeah, down the street, and, um, was, was walking when supposedly he saw a police car across the street, and so he panicked, turned around, dropped the bindle in front of the department store, went up the other direction, okay. the street, got into his car, which is a white Mustang. Why wouldn't he have just gone to his car first? Flipped the car around and went back up the street, back that way, where the direction he was walking in the first place. Okay, why would he not... That's... Why would he not go to his Mustang first, and then why would he drive towards the cops he already walked away from? That is the, the story as is told. That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't track logically. None of none of James Earl Ray's uh, story points have really tracked in any logical way. <laughs> they are just kind of things that happened to this guy. Um, the shot that was supposedly came um, from the bathroom on the second floor uh-huh. of the. Lo- oh yeah, you said it hit his house. lower right jaw. <laughs> from the supposedly from the bathroom on the second floor of the boarding house. He across was on the, the second floor, wasn't he? Like. Uh, King? Uh, King. King yes. was on the second floor. He's a floor. balcony of the second floor of the Lorraine Motel. Okay. Um, well, it was about a 70 or 80 yard shot across and down from... That's That would be hard, not impossible, for, but... But for a rifle with a scope. Yeah. With a, a, a good shot. Yeah. You know? Like someone that knows how to yeah. use a rifle. It'd yeah. Be, it'd, like, for me, that would be a difficult shot, but not impossible, I think. But for a trained rifleman, they should be able to do that. However... The rifle that was found, with James Earl Ray's prints all over it, right? while it is the exact same type of rifle that is used in that murder, the bullet was never actually matched to that gun. Oh. Uh, the rifling be... doesn't match. Uh, that's... So that's not an exact science, but it is suspicious. I saw a report with a police... Uh, I don't know what... He he was some sort of police or detective or something of the time. And he's saying that the rifling that was in on the bullet or something was one turn in every uh, 11 and a quarter inches. Yeah. Um, but the rifling that was on the gun they found that had raised prints on it was uh, one turn in every 10 inches. Because it had like a so defect a in the barrel. That's a huge variation. Yeah, yeah. So the rifling just doesn't match. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the <clears> rifling, <throat> the rifling can be a little bit off for shot by shot for even the same gun. Like you know, like but for it to be that far off is well pretty unlikely. <laughs> so Ray's prints were also never found in the bedroom that he had supposedly rented. 
or in the bathroom that he had supposedly taken the shot from. Well, he wasn't wiping things down, or he would have wiped the gun down. <laughs> also, interestingly enough, the police were on two on the scene within two minutes of of the shot happening. Well, this this man doesn't sound smart enough to have gotten away that quickly. And well, yeah, and I told you the route that he supposedly took. Yeah, it was to very get out circuitous. So for him to try like in two minutes, yeah, but well, like he had to load up all of his stuff and put it in the the cops the would have seen and him like, and seen him acting funny. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, however, at the time, uh, no one at all, none of the witnesses reported seeing a white Mustang around at all. Okay. Um. <clears throat> so the man running the store and f- where the gun was found in front of. Um, said it was dropped there a couple minutes before the shot was ever even fired. He said he'd seen someone walk up, drop something down in front of the store, turn around, and just calmly walk away. Yeah. And uh, and then a few minutes later, there was a shot, and he ran out and like to see what was happening. Oh, that's. I mean, yeah. That, I mean that 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 tracks for everything. That's <laughs> the first logical thing that's made like made sense together with the other things that you've said. The angle of the shot from the bathroom is also weird because to get the right angle to hit King in in the jaw like that from the yeah. second story window, you would have had to stand up on the rim of the bathtub and then lean over and like angle it proper. Like it was a really awkward shot would to yeah. to have to take. Like having to lean over a pool table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with a gun that kicks back when you use it. Yeah, imagine leaning over like you just get spun. I, mean, I guess it's a thirty odd. It's not like super bad. If if you had it in the crook of your elbow instead of, like, anywhere on your body to support it, it would just either break your arm or spin you. Mm -hmm. And trying to balance on the rim of a bathtub and lean over and take... Yeah, yeah, like... I don't know. Yeah, you would definitely get knocked (laughs) off balance. And, like, if you didn't fall, you'd at least have to make some kind of a hard landing on your feet. Like, there's, there's just no... What doesn't make any sense? Also, at the time the murder happened, there was a very large tree growing just outside of that exact very window with a big branch that went diagonally across the window, making what? visibility to the Lorraine Motel almost impossible, let alone getting shot to the fucking balcony. Well, how was that even a, brought up as a thing? We'll remember that. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Because <laughs> that just seems to eliminate visibility. So, oh, I'm going to say right now that I don't believe... So, straight up, the FBI killed killed Martin Luther King. Okay. And a conspiracy with everyone else. Okay. It, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, because nothing about James Earl Ray's story makes any sense. <laughs> it's, it's completely ridiculous. I believe anybody Also, everything I say CSI is satire. Wins. And I, if I ever show up just not alive anymore, then I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably his own body, but if it was suspicious, then it was probably the FBI. <laughs> yeah, because... Allegedly. Allegedly. In Minecraft. Yeah. <laughs> they might be flagging that one now. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think that one works anymore. It definitely doesn't work anymore. Like, it never worked as a defense, but it's been used as a legal defense, and it definitely didn't work in that case. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> So, uh, Stevens' wife, however, 
the Stevens that said he saw the man oh, run yeah. out, the drunk guy that's been yeah. arrested all those times. Yeah. His wife was sitting <laughs> at home. He's got a wife? Yeah. <laughs> Why would you stick around? You just know he's going to be in jail every night? He must have some side dick. So, Stevens' <laughs> wife heard a shot. Was She was sitting inside uh, their their apartment, which is, or their room in the boarding house, because they lived in the boarding house as well. Right, okay. Um, that makes sense. He's always in jail. Uh, they, she was sta- sitting in their room watching TV when she heard a shot come from outside. She turned and looked outside her window and saw a, quote, short man with salt and pepper hair, an army jacket, and plaid shorts. <laughs> Why would you wear a jacket and shorts? I don't know, man. Don't do that. <clears throat> a cab driver who got home from work at the, the pretty much almost exactly when this all happened, was walking down the hallway at the right before the murder took place. He was walking down the hall to his room, which was just past the communal bathroom where the shot supposedly came from. Right. He said that he walked down the hall, looked into the bathroom on his way by, and then turned and kept walking down into his room, and when he opened the door and walked like five or ten feet inside and then heard a shot ring out so he turned around and ran back outside to see what was happening right so he would have he seen would, he would have seen some anything happening in that bathroom like seconds before that shot potentially seconds before that shot rang out yeah well there's no way somebody ran into the bathroom, shot it, and ran out in a way that he wouldn't have heard or seen at some point. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't track. None of this tracks. FBI, you're suspicious. The that same guy who um, lived there, he's a cab driver. He said um, on his way, like up the street, as he was walking up the street to get to the boarding house. He said he saw two white Mustangs. White Mustangs? And they were, but it was weird because they were on the same street and they were parked just a couple hundred feet from each other. Well, you shouldn't have twite Mustangs. <laughs> so. So. Also, James Earl Ray. So or also. Like zero idea about guns. Well, that. As on track, what? what? The, he said he was, he was doing suppo- it for a bounty. He was supposed to get a thirty out six. However, the first time he went into the gun store, he got a. Two- what do you mean he was supposed to? Who was telling him to get the gun? Uh, he had a, a a benefactor supposedly named Raúl. Raúl. Yeah, he wasn't a Spanish guy. It was most probably, almost definitely, a code name. Uh, James Earl Ray. Was in prison for robbing the grocery store. At one point, he had been part of the army, which uh, he was in the military. Uh, I don't know what part. Uh, he also ended up being in the OSS and the CIA. Um, but okay. he didn't really talk about that part of his life very much. Uh. Just saying that things like, like about, he's like, something about how uh, they drugged him and they did things to mess with his head. Uh, some people suspect he may have been part of early MK Ultra experiments. That's fun. So, yeah. He, was Project um, Night Blindness one of those? I, I don't think it was, but it sounds like it should have been. Right, I have no idea. Um, but he was uh, 
told to get a thirty out six, and he ended up the first time he went in, he ended up buying a, a two forty three. He bought, he got the right thing, the Gain Master pump action or whatever. He just bought it in the wrong caliber. Ah. Um, and then when he took it back and he showed Raul, Raul's like, no, that's not the right gun. You need to take that back and get a different one. So he had to go back to the store and turn, take the gun back and like get it a one in a thirty out six instead. Why did he need a specific um, caliber? Also, oh, I assume because the people that actually shot him, that's the gun that they are used to using. No, right, but what was the reason he had for getting it the right caliber? I have no idea. That doesn't make any sense. Um, I feel like if it was a pump-action rifle and you're not very far away, regardless, it's not going to be too much of a difference as far as caliber is concerned if you're going for the head. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but... Yeah, the people at the the gun store also said they like they had no idea about like the scope that he wanted or like the things that he re- like was asking for. He had like no idea about the things that he needed for his gun. That's bad. Um, he was in the military, uh, but he also he had the lowest possible marksman score uh, <laughs> that it takes to get in. Um, and there's potential that he. Never even really fired a shot and just worked desk jobs in the military. Okay. So. That sounds, uh, good. (laughs) Alright. So, when King was shot, like I said, he got hit in the lower right jaw. Right. Right? People that were standing next to him said that when he got hit, his body immediately went up. So he got shot from below? So he got shot from... Yeah, so the shot couldn't have come from that, that window because it was on the second floor as well. Right, wait, he was he was looking over, over the railing. the railing, right. So it would have just... The other guys would have just been in the other Mustang already, right? Well, we'll get to that. <laughs> like, the, the real shooters? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, Reverend James Orange, which is a great... <laughs> yeah, Jimmy a, Orange! Um, James and the Giant Orange! Who was also with King. Uh, after the shot, he looked over towards the boarding house, and he saw smoke coming from the bushes outside. Oh, yeah, this is a solemn topic. <laughs> no, no, we can lighten it up a little bit. Um, there were several witnesses on the street that reported hearing a shot come from the bushes as well. Some of them seeing a man in a white shirt sprint away around the corner to the towards the back of the boarding house afterwards. Okay. And then just around there, there's like a, a, a low wall where he could jump off, and there was a crowd. There was people on the street over there that you can just. Okay. Um. So. All the witnesses, that were claiming they heard the shot come from the bushes when the police showed up, because like I said, the police showed up within two minutes of yeah. this this happening, um, which is a ridiculously fast response time. It, well, I mean, the FBI was probably like, hey, there's shit going down at that hotel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the King stuff. Um, all the witnesses that claimed the shot came from outside were told by police that they were mistaken. And that it came from a, a one of the rooms inside. I was kind of joking, and then you just, like, confirmed my joke. And I'm <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> oh, no. Um, there was someone... I, I This one is another one that was just too much fun to not just kind of toss in. Because right. uh, there was a guy who... You can choose much like, um, I guess... Uh, what was his name? Stevens. Charles Stevens. Chucky Steve. Uh, much like Charles Stevens... 
Um, there was a hobo um, outside, a man named Harold Cornbread Carter. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. Harold Cornbread Carter. So yes. That's just cornbread. People are just going, yeah. hey, cornbread. Yeah, yeah, his, yeah, yep. Um, Sick. Said he was drinking wine in those same bushes at the time <laughs> of the shot. Um, and when he heard the shot, he rolled over and saw a man in a white shirt sprint by him and turn the corner around to the back of the building. You uh, can take good old cornbread's word at what you will. <laughs> I will take it with a grain of cornbread. <laughs> but I, I do love it. I love that name. So... You remember that tree I was talking about? The yeah. one that was covering up the window? Yeah, it was in the, the way. The Memphis police and part of the sanitation department workers. Right. Well, probably not the public sanitation workers because they were on strike. That's right. So the Memphis police department uh-huh. stayed at the, or at the boarding house that night cutting down a tree. Why? To aid the investigation. That's, they're aiding in conspiracy. That's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. No, that's absolutely absurd. You can't just cut down a tree in the middle of a crime scene. That really fucks stuff up, actually. As a matter of fact, over the course of that entire day, Charles Stevens was the one and only man who said that the shot came from inside and that ID'd James Earl Ray as the shooter. Well, he doesn't seem reliable. He's the only person. Said he was going to go on to be the lead witness, right? Yeah. 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 That's bad. And, and Ray went to prison. He went to prison. He died in prison in 1998. That sucks. I mean, I don't... I From the sound of things, I don't know if he was actually like the best dude in and of his own right, but also it doesn't sound like he deserved to die in prison for that. Yeah, no. Sounds like that's not something he did or had much control over. It sounds like somebody got him out of prison so as to maybe have a scapegoat for their killing. Mm. It sounds like maybe that might have been a government organization. And it sounds like, in my opinion, that's pretty fucked up. There was a black uh, detective who worked for the poli- Memphis Police Department who was... Good old black dick. Uh, he was put in charge of uh, keeping an eye on King and act- protecting him like right. while he was in town. Like, that was his job. Okay. Um, however, a few hours before uh, the assassination happened... based, but okay. <laughs> a few hours before the investigation happened, uh, he was told that there had been a threat on his life. Um, and so he... Was it from the FBI? So he, at the time, was at home uh, in hiding because that was just he a question, there was a not life an allegation. life. Um... Well, you know. <laughs> I gotta stop saying stuff. Uh, however, the threat was a bit of a hoax um, that had been perpetrated by the FBI. <laughs> oh, God damn it. <laughs> it was the FBI. It was all the FBI. <laughs> Yeah, it, it turned out that the the original call was 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 traced back to the it was connected to the FBI, and then they were told they came out and said that they apologized afterwards that they had misinformation, 
But in that time, Martin Luther King had already been shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we, um, if he had had a threat on his life, presumably for being either a black guy protecting Martin Luther King Jr. or a cop protecting Martin Luther King Jr. on either front, why would you not just send another cop? Perhaps a white cop. In, in this particular instance, that would maybe be called for. So you have both of them there. So if there is a threat, they have, you know, it covered. Not not um, send your officer into hiding for, I mean, probably credible threats. But, like, if you're worried about that officer, obviously send, send him to a safe house. But if you're... If you're doing your job, you'd replace that officer with other officers who had not had threats on their lives. Yeah, you'd think so. I, I would think so, and I would absolutely demand it if I were in that circumstance. <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. If that man's getting threats mm -hmm. on his life, I'm getting threats on my life, because he is protecting sure me. Would, I, I'm not sure that King exactly knew that he had a detail following and protecting Oh, okay, him. okay. Um, so, a man named Lloyd Jowers owned Jim's Grill. Right? No, say that name again. Lloyd Jowers. Jowers? J-O-W-E-R-S. Wow, sir. <laughs> yes, Lloyd Jowers. Jowers. Yes. Okay. Just had to make sure I... Yep, that's a name. Yep. Everyone's so, got a name. So that's, Jowers that one's owns, that guy. Jowers owns Jim's Grill, which is on the first floor... His name's not Jim. ...directly below the the boarding house. Okay. Right? Boarding house, second floor, and part of first floor. It's like a tiny little grill diner. Okay, yeah. Um. So... A waitress that worked there, was working there on the day of the assassination, mm -hmm. said that as she was there, the shot rang out, and then a, a few seconds later, Jowers comes running in through the back door, rifle in hand, comes running, goes behind the bar, wraps it up in a sheet, hides it underneath the counter. And then when the police come in, Jowers says he didn't hear anything. Oh. Right? He also had, um, like, mud on his knees. Like, he'd been kneeling down outside. Okay. Um. So. Jowers was former Memphis Police Department. Um. And supposedly, a few years on down the road, uh, he confided with, uh, one of his friends and his business partner, Willie Adkins, uh, that he had a hand in the kill in the killing of Martin Luther King. Yeah. Um, he said that his job was to uh, get rid of the rifle. Ah. Um, and supposedly he handed the rifle off to someone else, who then threw it off the bridge into a river. That's yeah. That's where evidence should usually go. Um, if, if you can't burn it, it should go in a river or the ocean. Tips for crime. Way later in 1993, Jowers went on national TV. Okay. And uh, confessed that he had been paid $100,000 to assist in the killing of Martin Luther King Jr. Wow. Um, and he said that he had been paid by known mafia man Frank Liberto. Liberto. Yes, Frank Liberto. 
Oh, Frankie. So, Frank he Liberto. He you out on national TV. Yay. Frank Liberto could not, he, he openly was very against and hated Martin Luther King. Okay. Um, he owned Integration, a, it's bad for business, don't you know? Well, yeah, he, uh, he owned a lot of uh, produce plants and factories and things like that around the, the area. What was he producing and, plants for? And... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, for food, Keenan. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and so, you know, when, when you can... He was getting away with paying people shit money, and they, yeah. now these guys are fighting for fucking equal rights and shit. Like, yeah, come no, on, no. I don't, you know, yeah. it's come for on. business. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the mama's got to have me both, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there was a man named John McFerrin who was working at one of Liberto's produce plants on the day of the murder. Uh huh. Um, and he said that he heard. Uh, Liberto answer the phone and say, quote, I told you not to call me here. Shoot the son of a bitch when he comes on the balcony. Um. So, um, was he, was he supposed to wait for him to come? Feels like a weird, weird part of that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Uh, a woman named Levada Attenson, years, years <laughs> later... Uh, said that uh, there was a night where she was out having dinner with Liberto, and at the restaurant, he got progressively more drunk, and while he was trying to impress her, he leaned over and said, you know, I'm the one who had Martin Luther King killed. (laughs) Right. That's what you say to impress your date. (laughs) Um, Ray's lawyer, the one who pressured him into confessing, also had many ties to the mafia and was good friends with Frank Liberto. Oh. That's uh, convenient. (laughs) That's a convenient thing. Jowers claimed... Jowers. Jowers. um, In his confession, claimed that... um, Gun disposal man. Yeah. Memphis Police Department Lieutenant Earl Clark was the man who took the shot. Um, Clark is a police officer who already had uh, many allegations against him of taking bribes um, for doing, you know, letting people go. I assume that's what cops take bribes for most yeah, of the time. Yeah, running drugs, like that sort of thing. Looking the other way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, also, he was a friend of Frank Liberto. Oh! He's also the highest-rated marksman on the Memphis Police Department at the oh. time. Oh! Um, Jower said that after the shot, Clark came running around the back of the building, handed him the rifle, and then as- jumped down off the road in the same direction that James Earl Ray had previously just walked, and jumped same- in a white Mustang that was sitting on the road, and drove off. One of Twite Mustangs. Yes, yes. Ah. Very interesting, all of this, right? Oh, yeah, and also, if he jumped over the wall, that... that- Levels with that other witness statement of seeing that guy in a white jacket jump over the wall. Mm -hmm. White shirt. White shirt. Um, There was a janitor that worked at the Memphis Police Department um, that said that the night before the murder, uh, there was a meeting in the police chief's office between the police chief, the mayor of Memphis, Earl Clark, 
and a man named Lieutenant, Lieutenant Strausser. Who, Strausser? Yes, Strausser, who is also, I assume, part of the... Part of Operation Paperclip? What we got him there for? The same janitor said that Lieutenant Strausser had spent the, that entire day at the uh, shooting range shooting his .30-06 rifle over and over and over and over and over again all day long. Well, that's suspicious. Um, so, basically, we have a, a primary and a backup shooter. If one of them does, the first one doesn't get the shot, second one immediately can. Right, and right. Let me, away, let, me, right? let me clarify. There's nothing suspicious about going to the shooting range, but being there all day shooting one kind of gun seems a little odd. <laughs> just honing in your shot. You're, like, just nailing in that bottom right <laughs> jaw just as much as you can. Just like, Excuse me, do you have a target that's, uh, you know, like uh, a person leaning over? Like, say, <laughs> uh, say on a balcony. Yeah. <laughs> Like, we did have one of those. We thought it was weird he was asking. Nobody's ever asked for that before. But we did have one. We got it for him. <laughs> also, as is well known, I think at this point, at least under the conspiracy people, you know, hypothetically, allegedly, yeah. uh, allegedly the FBI has many mob connections and is allegedly... I don't think that's even alleged Allegedly anymore, known for using them to, you know, take care of the dirty work. That's why I said I don't think it's allegedly anymore, but, mm. you know, for, I for mean, purposes, allegedly. Yeah, for purposes, I mean, Sinatra also allegedly had mob connections. <laughs> yeah! And... People next to him definitely disappeared. <laughs> um, yeah, so the FBI didn't like King, like I told you earlier. They already thought he had communist ties. They were already, they were bugging his apartment the entire yeah. time. Yeah, really annoying the crap out of that apartment. <laughs> um, there was a police captain that was quoted as saying, "Oh, I, first of all, uh, the room." That uh, King actually wanted to have the day of the assassination. He actually thought that the windows and the second floor and everything was too open, and that things were getting like he was. He didn't have any qualm or you know thoughts that he wasn't constantly under threat. Right, right. And uh, he was just thought the room three hundred six might be getting a little bit too dangerous because he was there all the time. Yeah, and so he actually asked originally to have. Uh, room 202 instead because that room was more of an interior room and there wasn't like a lot of windows and things to look in and uh, was a lot just more hidden in yeah. the hotel. Um, but afterwards, uh, there was a call that was made by someone who said that they were part of uh, King's uh, crew and they got the room changed back to room 306. And then uh, by the time King showed up and found out what had happened, all the other rooms had been booked. And so he just decided to stay in room 306 anyways. Um, That call was never traced back to anyone. And they can't... They don't know who made that call and changed it. But, you know, we got some some guesses. Yeah. We got a few guesses. (laughs) Um, Also, it's very interesting that the FBI immediately came in and took over the case. From the police department and the state, they and just came in and they were like, this is our case now. That's not, like, entirely suspicious. Like, that fact alone is not entirely suspicious, given King's presence. It's like... They also never did an autopsy. 
That is suspicious in and of itself. <laughs> Should really do that on murder victims. Um, the only suspicious part of it is that um, it wasn't FBI jurisdiction. The state should have handled it for at least long enough to be like, we should change your hand this to the FBI. Right. But they didn't give the state or anyone any time. They just showed up and they were like, nope, this is ours now. Yeah, still should have gone through proper channels, but I absolutely want to. I just, just with as high profile as he was, I can see the FBI showing up a little sooner than they would for other cases mm-hmm. like that that one fact in and of itself would not be suspicious if it weren't for literally every other fact you've told me <laughs> um there was at least there must have been at least one or two good cops because there's uh captain atkinson um apparently heard clark um as they were going through the building after the murder happened uh, through the boarding house where they said the shot came from. Right. Uh, they were walking through the boarding house, and apparently uh, Atkinson heard Clark say that they'll have to cut the branches down. Oh. Um, and then we're getting kind of towards more towards the end here of my okay my report, but I uh, that's kind of like a lot of the information I have about the assassination itself. Right. Um, I mean. I tried to unbiasedly report what I learned, but it really... It just doesn't track. It doesn't... There, there's no unbiased about it. When you look and research and learn about what happened here, it's ridiculous. Yeah, none of James Earl Ray's stuff makes any sense. I know I've said that a bunch of times, but I just, like... I, I don't even understand the logic of breaking a... a, a, a suicide like faking I don't understand breaking the legs I don't understand breaking the legs I don't get that mm-hmm. I don't get it at all that is there's there's no there's no uncorrupt coroner that would there's no uncorrupt coroner that would call that a suicide yeah there's yeah. just not that's not that's not how that works that's not how that particular manner of suicide would work it's just like uh, how did he have a hammer? <laughs> like he was in a jail cell. <laughs> getting getting the noose made in and of itself is kind of a feat in a cell like that. Like, are you, how? how do you have the greatest? He he would scream. He would make noise mm-hmm. if that happened. <laughs> There's just. I just I literally cannot imagine somebody being able to physically break their own legs and hang themselves without making enough noise to cause some harm, like to raise an alarm before anything was finished. Even the breaking of the first leg, I imagine. You'd need your arms for that. How do you break your arms after that? You can't <laughs> jump off stuff. <laughs> I'm baffled by this. That's just such a weird decision. That's such a weird thing to do if you're trying to frame somebody for anything. Well... I hate that. Here's a couple more of them for you. Well, not as, quite as bad as that one. Um, but uh, the next few years af- after things happened, um, there was a, a few people that died that were just outspoken about the death or were looking into his death or, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I don't. I only have a couple of little stories here about, like, one of them was a, a taxi driver that uh, supposedly... Uh, committed suicide by jumping out of his car while it was going like 40 miles an hour. Okay. Just, just jumped out of his car. 
and kill himself. That's an odd um, way to do that, but like. <laughs> Another one was actually uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s brother, Alfred King. Okay. Um, who was looking into his murder after it happened, as right. I think any brother probably would if Absolutely. things happened that suspiciously. Oh, I um, mean, even if it didn't. Well, because the King family also, the, the Coretta and, and the rest of the King family, mm-hmm. um, very openly uh, don't think and never thought that James Earl Ray did it. Um, but I'm, I'm going to end on something about that, because uh, it's okay. a little bit of a happier note to end okay. on. Um, but uh, his brother, Alfred King, um, also uh, died. Um, so, supposedly, what they, what is, the official report says that he drowned in his pool, at, which is, you know, at his house. Right, okay. They found him face down in his pool. Okay. Um, supposedly he drowned. However, his friends and family and everyone that ever knew him said that he was what like an amazing swimmer, very right. very good good swimmer. Also, he was found in his pool in just his underwear. Um Why would you go swim? With, why? why? Uh, bruising around his neck. That's and, not how drowning um, works. There was no water found in his lungs. That's also not an how autopsy. drowning works. <laughs> but it was still ruled a drowning. That's not that's literally not how any of that works. Um, there was also like a, a government uh, a group made up to uh, supposed to look and see, you know, if conspiracies were taking place to to commit things like this. Uh, a, a similar one was convened for the JFK assassination. Right. Um, so the CIA and the FBI were uh, a, a part of this group and presented evidence to themselves, basically, and then found that they were not, in fact, part of a conspiracy. <laughs> that's, that's a really convenient way to figure that out. <laughs> no, look, boss... No, look, boss, I... I didn't take the food. I just, you know, like, I convened with myself, and I decided that I just ate the food. Mm-hmm. That's and that wasn't bad. <laughs> I decided. Well, you know, I I made sure to talk it over with me first. <laughs> but you know, it's good. It's cool. <laughs> Got it cleared. So, um, quite a few years after uh, the assassination. Uh, Dexter Scott King. Oh, his son. Yeah, his son. Um, went and visited uh, James Earl Ray in prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, is quoted as saying, uh, I I have just one question for you. Did you kill my father? Right. And James Earl Ray says, no. No, I didn't. And Dexter Scott looks down at him and says, I know you didn't. And so does my entire family. Oh. And uh, then in uh, 1999, a year after uh, Ray passed away in prison, because the King family, like, was part of, like, he tried to appeal uh, his sentence for, you know, years and years and years. And they were, like, really big supporters of him and kind of tried to help him get out of prison because, you know, they really believe that he didn't do it. Right. Um, they believe it was part of a conspiracy. Yeah. Um, 
And, it very much sounds like it was. Uh, unfortunately, he, he did die in prison in 1998. But in 1999, Coretta King uh, was the head of a, a lawsuit uh, that said... Let's see here. I have it written down because it's, it's a good list of people. Um, doo -doo -doo. Uh, she sued, first of all, Lloyd Jowers... Okay. Who was the the main person? He, as well as lots of Fed boys. Lots of Fed boys. Uh, she sued the uh, she sued Lloyd Jowers and then the FBI, the CIA, the U.S. Army, <laughs> the Memphis Police Department. Is there anyone else? And the mafia. And the mafia. Just the mafia broadly, though. Yes. Okay. That's, that's how. That's that's everything I saw. Yeah. Right. It just says and the mafia basically. Okay. Um, but yes, yeah, so those were all the people were uh, listed as uh, conspirators in the murder of Martin Luther King Jr. Fantastic. Uh, that's the person I believe. Um, that the that person right there. Lawyer that she had was actually one of the. It wasn't the head lawyer right. of James Earl Ray, but it was the secondary lawyer, the one that like didn't have as much of a say. Right. Uh, they were actually the ones that came and helped Coretta King and helped spearhead this this Fuck lawsuit. Yeah. And uh, they brought in over 70 witnesses and over 4,000 pages, different pages of transcripts. Holy shit. That they went through. And uh, like phone calls and letters and all of the, like, because the FBI, I'm sure, had, like, all those tapes of, like, yeah. you know, everything they, and they just took, like, all of this different evidence they had and, uh... Ended up winning. The jury unanimously voted that yes, there was a conspiracy spearheaded by the government to kill Martin Luther King Jr. Goddamn! Um, and they won the lawsuit. Um, and they were only they the lawsuit was only for a hundred dollars because for them it wasn't about the money. Right. They just wanted to prove the the truth. They wanted they wanted the people to know that no, this this hadn't been this guy, this supposed racist. That was just doing it for a fucking bounty from the KKK. Yeah. Like, the government wanted him dead, and they killed him, and they framed that guy. And, uh, unfortunately, yeah, it was post-hominous. That's post not right. Post-hominous? Post-hominous, yes. I'm still not saying it right. He died already. Yeah. But... They won the lawsuit. And Justice I think that's, for his name, that's yeah, nice. I think that's a, a, nice, a nice thing to end it on. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk about it... It's only a conspiracy. It was a conspiracy. It's not anymore. I feel yeah. like it's kind of proven at this point. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun thing to learn about. It's fun that the FBI are just bad people, allegedly, in our opinion, perhaps. You know, it was really interesting. <laughs> I didn't know as much as I thought I knew about it going into researching it, that's for sure. Ah, I definitely, I I knew a lot of that stuff, but the, the it's just fucking outrageous to hear it just listed out again like man the twite mustangs i don't the the hanging all of james earl ray's story doesn't make any sense um i i don't remember supposedly if... he used to try to break out a lot and uh when they he when they caught him they would just drug him and then let him try again there's like <laughs> theories that he was just like because he'd been used in supposedly used in early uh, MK Ultra experiments, 
they had had him put in prison and they were just keeping him there in case they needed to use him for something. Yeah. Well, I mean, that tracks with the government. And what happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean... What, what did that cellmate do to deserve that? Um, like, he, Be around him? Right, a witness. Talk. Yeah, witness. Yeah. No witnesses, man. Yeah. Still feels like, I don't know... You just move him, or like remove him from the cell. Mm-hmm. Or don't break everything. <laughs> I, I don't know, it feels like you could just trank him or something and then hang him that way. You got a lot at your disposal, CIA, FBI. Yeah, FBI. I think the FBI was more this one. No. CIA is, does not have clean hands, but if... Well, no, no, not at all. Well, I'm not it, saying they if, do. If they did the... If he was part of the earlier uh, experiments, that was all CIA. Oh, yeah, no, oh, uh, Ray? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, Ray was... He had worked in the OSS, and then when it turned in, the OSS became the CIA. He was also a part of the CIA for a period of time. Yeah, no, no, I mean, like, yeah, if he was part of the... If he was part of the original experiments and they were just keeping him in jail mm-hmm. uh yeah 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 and the cia and the fbi both have a lot of things at their disposal they could have killed that cellmate with that wouldn't have been so fucking obviously a setup <laughs> i feel like ever all of this is so obviously like what it is yeah like what if all of the only setup having is... the one witness for Ray, but then having literally everyone else? It's like no, the shot came from there. Yeah. Like, what if all of the setup is a setup for somebody else, and like the killer's really obvious, and they just didn't want you to know, so they put all of this like smoke and mirrors over like the actual story, so like we we would divulge the quote-unquote real story and then there'd be like one more layer that nobody's ever going to look at because all of this makes enough sense but who would that person be i don't know we have more to go through (laughs) i don't know like more digging to do yeah (laughs) i think that that's that could be a fun interesting thing to write a fanfic about yeah <laughs> but unfortunately i think uh there's no need because because we know those people are just that they're, they're that bad enough to do that yeah yeah all of that just makes sense which is unfortunate like how dare you speak out for public rights yeah you want to integrate society you bastard <laughs> that's 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 just enough for them mm-hmm yeah all right, well, that wasn't, like, the most fun. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was interesting. No, it, it is super interesting. It's it's super interesting, and, like, those are government agencies, and most of those things are getting approved by somebody in government before they happen. Like, mm-hmm. it's, that's something to keep in mind when we talk about FBI stuff. All that stuff is proposals first. Yeah. Somebody proposed that to somebody who approved it and approved the budget for it and then did it. Oh, Hoover had a thing against JFK or Martin Luther King. Though. It was it was the racism. Yeah. It it was the racism for Hoover, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like he just he did not like Martin Luther King. Yeah, it it was the color of his skin is why. Also his like vaguely communist ideals. Yeah. 
Yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. was actually like a, a really rad liberal dude, like almost by today's standards. No, yeah, he was he's a badass. And if you ever go back and like watch the recordings of the speeches he gave, like my god, that man is like charisma. Yeah. He just is charisma. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I watched that the... that man could make me go to church. I watched the I stood on the mountaintop speech like a couple of times while doing the research for this and I was just every time I saw it I was just like my god. I was also just watching that and knowing that like you know less than 24 hours later he's going to be dead. Yeah. Like that's crazy as well. Yeah. yeah. Blows my mind. It's all so fucking interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, no, all, all respect to Morgan Freeman, but if Martin Luther King Jr. could narrate my life... Oh my god, yeah. That would be great. He'd put so much emphasis on everything. Mm-hmm. Everything would feel epic. Yeah, yeah. be great. Well, he's he's a minister and a reverend. He's a doctor in the school of divinity. Like, yeah. He... Half of the school of divinity is Riz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Anything else did you did you find any little tidbits you didn't know that you thought were interesting? Uh, the second Mustang, like I was kind of aware that there was the same car twice, but it feels weird that they parked him close enough to be seen. They they were said the cab driver said they were like a few hundred feet apart. I think he probably just noticed because he's a cab driver, right? No, Honestly. He probably, like, no one else probably would have noticed that detail, but he drives everywhere for a living, and so he's like, huh, that's not normally like that on my street. Yeah. And Mustangs wouldn't have been, like, super, like, I I don't know. Especially because they're white. Yeah. You go for, like, a cherry red, generally, for Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it was 68, too, so, like, that's a cool Mustang. That's a good year. Yeah. It was a good year for cars. It was. Well, I, I like 69 cars are better. So the 69 Chargers GT. I, that's That was like my dream car as a kid. A 69 Corvette Stingray with a Coke bottle nose and mm. a T-top. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also the 69 Camaro. It's fucking gorgeous. Yeah. Um, but no, the fact that all of the witness statements um, corroborated with each other except for uh, uh, Chuck Chucky. Steve. Yeah, Chucky Steve's. Um, Chucky Steve, uh, sounds like he was paid to lie, and <laughs> wouldn't have had many qualms about that. Maybe even just had some of his charges forgiven. I liked that his own wife, like, had a different story. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that's great, because, like, yeah, Chucky Steve got paid to lie. <laughs> and, uh, I, like... And Jowers got paid to hide a gun. Yeah. Yeah, he did, so... Like, I, I, don't, I don't know, there's... There's a lot of things about this that are just like, yeah, that's blatantly a conspiracy. Um, what? What do? <laughs> <laughs> like, that sucks, but I, I think some of these documents have even been declassified at this point. It's just like, why? Yeah, because they didn't like him. That yeah. was just, that was it, pure and simple. He was rallying the people behind, you know, getting better pay and better rights and they couldn't stand it fucked up oh yeah good report thank you yeah that was rad 
uh, fun fun thing. Uh, well, you can you can get a hold of us on yeah. the, on the on the socials on the socials on the email trueneutralpod at gmail dot com. You know how to do it. Yeah. You can you can Google True Neutral, or if you want, you can also uh, uh, Bing or Yahoo True Neutral Studios, because as it turns out, Google is not particularly reliable. But we are the person that comes up there, so you can, right. you can yeah. use it. Um, yeah, yeah. If you like that, let me know, because I got more that I can do. Yeah, <laughs> I got more. I got more things I can talk about. Yeah. So. All right, uh, that was that was a fun big uh, re- report. Yeah. Yay. Bye. Bye.